When I was a child I spake as a child. I understood as a child that a house is a different thing than a tree. And that cats say meow and dogs say woof. I think about having children sometimes, but this. This seems like a lot of work. Then they grow up to resent you and there's yelling and male pattern baldness and I don't know man. It's time for the rules of acquisition. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition podcast. A podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The best show to really uh, pull the characters out and take them apart and put them back together again. <laughs> uh, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Uh, hello. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. Hello. And, yep, we're doing it, finally. It's an episode we've been talking up for a while. Well, Since the beginning of the podcast, it's for years now. Yes, talking it's, up. <laughs> or down, or <laughs> referencing vaguely, or... Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it, I mean, I think that you're in an episode now where there is pre this episode and post this episode. It's sort of a dividing line on at least on Bashir's character. So yeah. Oh yes, because this episode is called what? Uh, I presume Doctor Bashir. Doctor Bashir. Doctor Bashir. Doctor Bashir. That's a whole That's other. That's a Mad uh, Magazine version. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Bashir. I presume. Yes. That was the. <laughs> the parody on the Spice Channel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or from a, a Leisure Suit Larry game. <laughs> this is episode sixteen of season five. It originally aired on February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Here is the IMDb description: Doctor Bashir is selected to be the model for the next generation of emergency medical hologram (EMH), but he balks when his parents are invited to the station to be interviewed by the EMH. Oh, this is a long... Yeah, okay. To, uh, by the EMH programmer, Dr. Zimmerman. Uh, there is a dark secret in his family that he's afraid his parents will reveal. Dom, dom, dom. And uh, Richard Picardo uh, <laughs> crushes on Lita. Yeah, yeah, that's true, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good old... Not getting that name wrong. Mm. There's this, the, the old Sam and Diane of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Lita and Nog. Will they or won't they? As a, the person on this podcast that it hasn't watched, I've watched one season of Voyager, and I get that uh, Richard, Robert, Richard Picardo. Richard's the, definitely the real name is Richard Picardo. Uh, Mr. Picardo, mainstay of Joe Dante films. That he's a loved character, but he's not to me. Because, I mean, I haven't seen it. It's on a show that I'm probably... You know, one day I'll I'll watch it. But are you supposed to get, like, extra kicks out of him just being here? Yes. Is there, like, an element that I'm losing? Yeah, there is definitely that. Yeah, because there's okay. been at least a season of Voyager by now. Yeah. So No, 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 yeah. I mean, I, maybe two, but, I mean, he's very... Pro yeah, because yeah, he was in... He also was in, um, they put him in First Contact, which had just came out. So. Oh, yeah, as the EMH. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the EMH. He is the EMH yeah. for all all ships, as they say in this episode. And yeah, he is. This is also a big kick for Star Trek nerds who like their continuity shit. Mm -hmm. You know, who like mm -hmm. knowing where stuff comes from. It's it actually goes into the world building a little bit about where the EMH came from. It came from this dude in this show. 
Uh, Dr. Zimmerman. So <laughs> from J- J- Jupiter Station. Yep. Yeah. And he looks so. Yeah, I, I got a kick out of it because he is one of my favorite actors on Voyager. I like the doctor on Voyager a lot. And so do I. I yeah. do too. I think they I, they make some mistakes with this character, which is to be expected when you're talking about Voyager because they make oh, yeah, mistakes yeah. with all the characters on Voyager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like I feel like I try to stay out of all Voyager conversations ever because I don't have like I feel like I watch <laughs> maybe the James, is, you're out of your element, Donnie. Is the first season the worst season? Is it the worst season <laughs> of Voyager? I don't know, man. Season. There's there's a real slog with with Voyager. My instant context for the character, having not watched anything but the first season, is it seems like it was a real. You have a really good actor and a really good idea for a character with no ideas of how to use the character. Well, right. That's kind of Voyager in a nutshell. Right. That's the, okay. So that, that they don't ever solve that problem. That's Voyager all the way through. Right. Except some of the characters, they don't even have a real good idea for the character. So, so sorry, Harry Kim. Uh, yeah. If I had to equate it, I would equate it probably to Cisco in the first season of DS9, where they have a, a high powered actor and an interesting, super interesting sort of shit floating around that, like a character. You know, his wife is dead. He's a single father. He he hates his job, and he becomes like this sort of religious figure for people. It's 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 all very interesting. And then like you watch the rest of the episodes of the season, <laughs> and you're just kind of like they don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, it, uh, but they find it with him. You're saying they don't find it with yeah, they, they, well the segue into this episode that we're talking about. Yeah. It's like they the the whole series of Star Trek Voyager has a Bashir problem. <laughs> yes, yes. Where they have an idea for a character and then they are constantly fiddling with it to, to try to get it to click <laughs> yeah i guess i should just say up front they thought of this as they wrote this episode like this was a last script rewrite edition it was written what? yes whoa whoa whoa, whoa. The, yes. the whole turning point of yes this year's character was just yeah we can say it he's a he's a con <laughs> he's a genetically engineered human <laughs> being and has been this whole time oh yeah, yeah, South Asian person. Yeah, yes. really, yeah, yeah. You've yes. got two South oh Asian. God, there's this racist element to it. Yeah. Yes, you've got two South Asian characters in Star Trek lore at this point, and you got to make both of them genetically modified. And then you have one character later on say, "Well, sometimes you get a Khan, sometimes you get a Bashir." <laughs> like, oh shit! Well, so, okay. That's like, I mean, just circumstantial. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but, okay, so how the story was made is it was originally pitched by somebody, Jimmy Diggs, and it was uh, it was the Lita Rom love story. Uh-huh. And Zimmerman, they wanted to put Picardo in there, so they come up with, he's the, the friction between these two, and then they're making Bashir this other emergency doctor. And that was boring to the writers, so they're like, we're going to beat that up to be something interesting. And then Ronald D. Moore said that um, maybe Zimmerman finds, like, a dark secret in Bashir's life, and that can be super interesting. And they said, what is that? And then, like, he wrote three scripts of nothing, and then eventually, like, at the last minute came up with it. Yeah. Is that this whole time he's been genetically engineered? I think it's a... I like... This, I like this episode. I like everything about this episode. <laughs> but I mean, I like parts of this episode. I don't. I know, Hugh. You I, just, you just, you're a heat of a thousand suns on this episode. I, you just, you just. I tell you what, this does. This episode is like two clicks off of working. Okay. Okay. It's very close to working. I what I hate is the haphazardness of it all, and how it affects 
the whole series, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The series in that Bashir's character, or do you think the whole series kind of turns towards this more kind of corrupted? Well, now it's something that we got to live with. This haphazard decision is something that we all have to live with in the show. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and acknowledge. It's the, the problem is is that the, the idea itself is not bad. Yeah, it's actually an an, an interesting problem to have, mm-hmm. but you don't do it when you're almost done with the fifth season out of seven <laughs> seasons. This is something that you do in the third episode, the third goddamn episode. So the core of, of your, your the core of your issue is that this was completely made up on the fly. Right. That that bothers me. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think that's a good I think that's a super valid yeah. critique. And obviously yeah. done so. Yeah, I mean, I mean the other way that some people might come at it as like the same reason they hate another thing that happens later that we, the next Bashir thing yeah this leads Bashir into another controversial storyline but the the oh it defies Gene's vision of the Star Trek future which I know y'all two give less shits about that than I do yeah definitely yeah <laughs> <laughs> write that on some other message board <laughs> so just to get out there in front of it that whose problem with this episode does not reflect that which other people might make that kind of issue of it oh okay good point good point yeah I I have yeah. no problem with that. Like, no, this is what you do. Okay. You do this in the first season because what it is is Bashir is turns out to be the special man. Yes. But he doesn't want to be the special man. And that is an interesting thing for a character to be the reluctant special man. Every All the special men so far in Star Trek have leaned into their role. Yeah. You know, Spock was perfectly fine being whatever he was, Mm -hmm. you know, Data was striving to be more. He, you know, wanted to be the special man, but, you know, wanted to be more like his. So Mm -hmm. having the reluctant special man is an interesting idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't do that. It's too little too late is what I'm saying. See, yes, for me, I like it just because it does give them something to do with his character. Like everything about Bashir feels like every episode and, and part of it's he didn't plot out what he thought his character was himself to go back with anything, mm-hmm. though it's the writers, it's up to them anyways. Yeah. But every time they come up with something for Bashir, it's like at the beginning of the episode, he's acting differently. Even in this one to an extent. Before his secret is even really in danger of getting revealed, <laughs> he's still acting all emo and grumpy about it. Just, right. I mean... As soon as Zimmerman comes on and says, you've got, you're up for a special award, the Bashir that we've known before would be like, oh, great, and excited about it, but he's already, like, scared of getting found out. And Sadiq does a good enough job portraying that, the script that he's got, but the problem is there's no through line to his character. He plays every episode episodic, and for this kind of serialized or almost on the way to serialized kind of show, it's incongruous with trying that's why Bashir is the biggest thing that we've harped on the, on this show for the whole time is well we bitched about Dax a lot but she kind of got fixed by now but they still haven't quite fixed Bashir and now going forward in my memory it feels like they have a something to hang on now so I at least appreciate that much yeah but like I said it's too little too late it's not that much I get that I get that concern too my general feeling on watching this show from this point on is that yes this makes Bashir a more interesting character going into the end game 
But also, I see Hugh and me share a love of, of wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. Of completeness. Yeah. And I do, it does bother me. Like, I, I stopped watching Legion. It's just a show we were all watched the first season, and then I, I don't know, are we any of us still watching it anymore? Uh, I mean, I, two? I'm excited. You, <laughs> I love the first episode of what I've seen so far, but I've got catching up to do just because I'm watching it with somebody. So. Yeah. So I felt like that they were doing complicated shit and making it up on the fly, and that kind of frustrates me because it feels like that there's no one's hand on the wheel. And I feel that this does add an element of that. Yeah. And then it adds a... I, I try not to be, because I know that it's the worst kind of fan to be. But it bothers me. It doesn't bother me, but it calls out to me like when you watch the first Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, and it's not a picture of Sterling Cooper, <laughs> Sterling Cooper or whatever. It's not that guy. It's not that actor as the picture of the dad. Now, obviously, there's no way they would know that. It makes sense, but it's like a thing. Like it keeps from the wholeness of the uh, of the Iron yes. Man story arc. Yes, and so yeah, and how to correct that is that you have like assholes like George Lucas that go and like tinker with that shit forever. Yeah, see, and right. take out uh, Darth Vader and put right. in Aiden Christensen, which is a bigger sin for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my whole yeah. thing is that we've got this guy who's a, who's been a genius, and this might have been my complaint. If you've been listening to our podcast for any, yes. yeah, Hugh gets to unload it all. This is my my chief complaint and this is what i've been i've been deliberately pointing it out for the last two years that bashir is not particularly that great of a doctor so to have him turn out to be a secret genius is a little bit is a little bit more than just haphazard it's downright sloppy and nonsensical <laughs> and then you could say that maybe he's uh holding himself back but on a sandbag you think he's sandbagging but, yeah. <laughs> he's his medical practice so he won't really his secret won't get out that's even dumber yeah but it's in a matter of life and death so at this point that's bad like, yes so. yeah i mean i think we've been sandbagging him or just throwing shit at him i mean just because it's fun to pile on him like he's as good a doctor as any other doctor in star trek we've had oh i don't think so I think he's been onto something here. Yeah, that's it's been a lot of fun just to shit on the guy too, and and to call out his mistakes. No, I don't have fun. I would rather him be a good character and me never have to shit on him. Well, I mean, really, I, that would be my preference. Him being a not great doctor doesn't mean he's a bad character. But that's true. yeah. Well, like the I'm I'm talking about his, his the actual job that he does on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. he barely does any medical stuff. He's really not there for much. Half of his adventures have nothing to do with his medical capacity. Right. I mean, but then they they do throw in like he's up for awards. I mean, it, you're right. I'm not here to shit entirely on what you've been saying for the last two years. But they throw in notes to try to talk him up as a good doctor sometimes. And sometimes in the story that they're writing, they're not intending to make him a bad doctor. It's just you can point out that he could have been doing better. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, I guess... It's also my favorite part of this episode, though. So, like, I do like it moving forward. I do like this that chunk of this episode. I don't... I, it does bother me that, that such a prominent thing yeah. was put in on the... Like, literally, they... When they were shooting Purgatory Shadow or whatever, they did not know this. Uh -huh. The writing had not wrote this when they were on set shooting Purgatory Shadow. <laughs> so, like, literally, they yeah. it's not like they had the idea and then gave it six months of buildup. I think they, like, extra, extra. They, like, ran down the hall with the pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bad guy now. You're a con now. See, like, I mean, I think, personally, I like if they have everything, you know, I like wholeness myself, too, but I can 
can leave a little bit of room open for that kind of spark of whatever on the fly to inspiration to come in and then, oh, wait a minute, we thought we had this whole thing. And then, you know, in the third draft, we got something great. And I like to leave a little bit of room open to say, okay, yeah, you know what? Like, great, let's go with it and not have to say, are you changing the line? Really? Are you, are you changing the line? Yeah. <laughs> like, we've got it all plotted yeah, out. And I, you can't do this. Well, we should go. I, there's a couple things. There's a couple instances that just fucking are just absurd to me in this episode that I want to get yeah, yeah, we can, to get through. Yeah. The IMDb description does a pretty good job of describing like pretty much the first act. Before we move on, I will just say, I was just going to say, because we were going to talk about like what this does to Bashir as a whole. The one more thing I will say is that it does give him, you could easily see over what happens over the next two and a half seasons that Bashir just disappears as a character because we move to a more warlike fronting. Right. And by the end of it, Bashir has such a totally different function than just as the doctor that he could really have gotten lost. And maybe maybe that would have been a good thing. Because <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of good stuff ahead of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just because we're to this point, don't think we're done shitting on Bashir. <laughs> but it does um, resurrect the character. It does retool him for the different show that this becomes. Yeah. That's the one good, the one last good thing I'll say about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So. The need for retooling in its, of itself is a, is an omission of guilt. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that that's my. I guess that's another thing that irritates me. I guess I mean, they haven't nailed this character. Yeah, because they haven't. Yeah, just because they haven't fixed it yet, I'm not gonna be mad when they finally do. You know. But I don't even think this is that good of a fix. I like it. Just fine. It makes it more interesting to me. But you know, that's fine. It. You know what? It makes him sympathetic to a degree. This episode does a successful job. And this is why it should have been an earlier episode. <laughs> because you think you hate Bashir. Wait till you meet his dad. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like when you meet Bashir's dad, it is like it didn't need this. Right. Bashir's dad is a revelation unto itself. Yeah. Yes. I would have liked this at the end. Of, if all that I learned about in this episode was just meeting Bashir's dad and then figuring, oh, oh, that, his, that's how you happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your dad is Willie Loman. I didn't realize that that was... I or didn't, like a yeah. con? Something's yeah. always... A, something's coming around the corner. It, you know, it's always... It's probably mm. going to all happen for me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we want to get into this thing. It, <laughs> Because there's also this Nog plot that opens up with... Yeah, Nog... Rom. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Nog's not in this. Yeah, Rom wants to tell Lita that he's in love with her, but he fucks up throughout the episode. Yeah. And then Lita's, <clears throat> Lita's fucking the EMH guy. Or, she's, not, or, <laughs> she's not fucking up. Oh, sorry, we don't need to get in an argument about who's fucking and who's not well, fucking. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear from the subtext that they're fucking. It's pretty clear. I don't know whoa, if I whoa, agree whoa, with that. Oh, really? Are you, are, you fuck, are you fucking around with me on that? <laughs> I am fucking around with you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me those phantom lanes of redemption here because I was going to attack you on that shit. I just like the brother giving him shit up in the cold open. It's like, all right, go do it. And he's like, uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> well, we do get the story of how Nog came to have a kid. And that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, but also the opening thing with the, look. I don't hire you for your brains. It's like, I'm smart. It's like, no, you're not. Oh, yeah, your brains are what I hire you for. Now go show your brains out there and earn me some money. <laughs> yeah, that's some pretty cold <laughs> shit right there, isn't it? That's yeah. Some... Yeah. And, and I do like that they, you know, we, it's always been my critique of sometimes we get too cozy with Quark. 
Yes. And every now and then they got to get, you know, it's just like with uh, with Deadwood had this as he went on and, and, and Swergen became a favorite. He's He's got to sexually assault a woman <laughs> at some point. You know, like you, you have to like keep it, you have to keep an idea of who he is. Right. And I think that giving him this like really sleazeball, like almost like showgirls like line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. That was a thing. But just in general, I thought this was. You thought what? I hated this. I hated this storyline. Oh, uh, yeah. That part of the storyline. I would have much rather have just watched Bashir talk to his gumpy dad. Than, <laughs> than, than I like the this. Bashir plot, too. But I I didn't mind the Rom stuff. Either. It felt like it was going through the paces. Oh, it was. Yeah. Sure. Of we, like what this was yeah. supposed to be. Sure. It, it was going through the paces of sitting down, having fun. It was having fun doing it, though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Everybody was having a good time with this sheepish Lita and Rom stuff, which is a little, it was goofy, sure. With it. she's, you know, Chase Madderson's so excited, and she's. It's not subtle any of the stuff going on, but it's not meant to be. And it yeah, yeah, doesn't. So it's fine. Yeah, no, I, it's not subtle, and also I felt like once you open the door, it wasn't like even internally there was no doubt to it. Because once you open the door that she wants to fuck Rom, you open the door for that four, ep, five, six, ten episodes ago, whenever she first said it. Yeah. It's... It, it, first off, you were like, when they came around to this, she was like, oh, they haven't sealed the deal on this yet? And then when they did, they were like, of course it's... Well, it's, yeah. It, it, New... There was no stakes to it, is we, what I'm saying. Just because we know they're going to end up together. I just... It's like every... I'm not even... It's every romantic comedy. You know they're going to end up together at the end. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it didn't bother me that it... But you raise the stakes by making her legitimately frustrated with him and not. She is. And maybe legitimately turned on. But every one of her scenes was like, come on, Rom, say it. Sure, sure. Say it. And then they cut back to. But she does get frustrated when she almost leaves. And because he can't, you know, uh, nut up and do it, she almost leaves. Nut up. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't she just do it? Because that's not as fun to do. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't know, she can't do. You can't expect women to do everything for you, man. <laughs> like that's like. Well, but I mean, if that's what if she wanted to date him over this other dude, like, but she doesn't want to date him if he can't. The, o- she needs the nut. She needs the ovary up and do it. She doesn't want to date a guy that can't even own up to it. Cause she like. She's, yeah, it was a it was like a line in the sand. I think that was like yeah. like how serious do you want? this? She tells Quirk at the beginning, like Quirk says, like because <laughs> her the maybe he's just not into you line, and she's like, come on, I know he's into me. <laughs> Yeah, that was the part that I didn't. I don't know. That was the part I didn't understand. All right. Well, let's let's get to the. Okay. So this EMH cat comes up. He gives Bashir the the whole spiel, and and I'm here to make you immortal. Cisco raises his one eyebrow and says, "This is cool." Oh, I guess we got to say that it starts with uh, what's his face, O'Brien, oh, I... beating Bashir at darts for like the one hundredth time. Third, third time's a charm. I'm in. I'm in the zone. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Stop making darts happen. <laughs> That's your button in this episode, though. That's where they got. You know. Yeah. They get to... I I like darts. <laughs> oh my God, they play darts. How awful. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. No, no, no. It was just. Well, uh, it's, just... it's a clear button. Sure. On the what they're yeah, doing. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Button. I'm not that. This part. That was the part of the, this. That whole part <laughs> is the part I liked most about this episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then he's gonna make him immortal. And then he's he's asking them all these questions and like contrast your eating habits. Blah blah blah. And then he's like, Oh, who's that on the promenade? Uh, who's that girl with the huge brains? 
<laughs> and he's like, that's <laughs> that's my uh, ex-girlfriend. He's like, oh, Zimmerman, they set up. The grumpy Zimmerman doesn't like Bashir at all. And he's going to interview all of his friends and family members. And Bashir's like, oh, by the way, I'd really appreciate if you can not interview my family. And Zimmerman is like, well, I can understand why you might want that when he says I'm not close and we haven't talked in years. And he leads them on and Odo gets a kick out of saying doctor, doctor. Yes. Oh, they do a bit. Yes. Yeah, they do a bit. Doctor. Doctor. And leads them on and actually calls his parents in. And we meet the Bashirs. Yes. Oh, Oh God. Amsha and <laughs> Richard. So his accent, uh, Bashir's father's accent, is reminiscent. It may, may not be totally, I haven't done like a one-to-one or anything, but it's very reminiscent to me of Don Tinsley's boyfriend's accent on The Office. Oh, in the British <laughs> office. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, you know, like he would be working in the warehouse of... Yeah, yeah. What is the name of the paper company in the British one? Whatever. It's not Dunder Mifflin. Uh, it's not Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> it's something just as dumb sounding and, clum- you know, yeah. floppy sounding. But anyway, yes. I, I loved Bashir's dad. Yeah, yeah. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I like the direction of this one where they have the Cisco being interviewed and that famous kind of point of view shot of Cisco looking straight into the camera we'll see later to a different effect in a famous uh, yeah. episode and, and the conversation goes the same questions and it cuts to the next to Jay mm-hmm. talking about how he was when they're all telling their feelings about Bashir about he was kind of a blowhard asshole and then Kira's like he didn't know when to shut the fuck up and Dax is like oh he was uh, sexually harassing you and it's like yes no I mean no <laughs> he was just persistent and Morn shrugs because it's Morn and Worf doesn't like doctors. And then Miles gushes about what a great guy is. You're sure he's not going to read this? I do feel that you get the most character work out of Bashir when he's not on the screen and they're talking about him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They usually say show, don't tell. But (laughs) it's when they tell what, you know, right. What a passionate honor and integrity (laughs) and sense of humor this guy has. Like, okay. I I feel like that I had a better sense of what the writers (laughs) thought of Bashir at that moment than I ever have on the show. Exactly. Which, yeah. So. Yeah, which is, yeah. And then it was Lita, and that leads into Picardo, uh, Zimmerman asking her out for dinner because the A and the B plot kind of interact (laughs) in that there's a character that they both center, revolve around to an extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a natural A and B plot. Yeah. Like, because you, yeah, I mean, you do have this one character that's causing all of of the shit to come to a head, so uh, that that didn't bother me much at all. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. He goes in, we get Lita in a towel. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's never a bad time for flowers. The sexual, the ob- the, the objectifying of Lita in this episode was... A little weird. <laughs> it was weird to me. I, I know it was probably not weird for, you know, sci-fi television in the 90s. It was a little weird because it wasn't... Now Now you see sexualization, but it seems like it's a little bit more mutual and the boys look better. I, like, I guess. <laughs> so this, it was, you have this man dressed up like a fucking frog, and then you have this, like, <laughs> like what is the international symbol of a beta male? You have a short, <laughs> male pattern baldness, you know, soft man. <laughs> and then you have this, uh, I don't know, this, like, Venus-type woman. Right. And you're putting her, like, all of these, you're, 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 I, yeah. you're focusing on her cleavage, and you're, right. you're, but I think, you're, you're giving, you're putting her in towels. It's, it was, that was just a tone to, I mean, I liked it because, She's like, I mean, she's, oh, she's a fine looking woman. I ain't. <laughs> she's almost, she's basically a sex worker or almost. 
Yeah. She's objectified. That's her job is to be objectified. That's what Quirk hires her for. But then they go out of their way to point out that she does actually, they're not saying she's not the hot, but they're also saying she's witty and intelligent. And mm-hmm. Zimmerman, you know, at least knows enough to say that he really likes these aspects of her too, though it's mostly horniness for him. Yeah. And he's clearly coded <laughs> as like an asshole. Yeah. That's yeah. not necessarily with his designs on her, but just in general. Right, right. He's supposed to be. I mean, I mean he's the he's the James Marsden. He's the guy that you don't want her to get with. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. But he he treats her not. It's not like he's a dick to her though either. So no, no, he's not. No, he offers her a job to run her own cafe on Jupiter Station. Oh, he knows what a woman wants: <laughs> job and management and food service management. Well, she's excited about it. She's like, I never thought, but yeah, he knows. <laughs> but it's a little creepy that it's like, well, you can just move in with me. Oh, it's most definitely creepy this is the weirdest most problematic as one of the most problematic aspects of the whole goddamn episode is this guy's you can just move in with me and be my stay-in lady yeah and you won't have anywhere else to go it's kind of if you stay with me long enough i know you don't love me but maybe you can learn to when i give you these things yeah oh yeah yeah stay with me for a time maybe you might begin to feel more <laughs> lately i've been watching a lot of uh this may explain some of the zl stuff from last week too but I've been watching a lot of Mystery Science Theater as I fall asleep at night on my phone. And there was, you know, there's a lot of the great Mystery Science Theater episodes are movies made in the 1960s uh, that are about, like, trashy culture. Yeah. But they still have to get past the Hayes Code or whatever. So you get used like to... Like the wrestling one? Or yes, what? the wrestling one. Or the women's wrestling. Kitty with a... Yeah. Kitty with a whip, too. That was a... <laughs> yes. yes, with Anne Margaret and John Forsythe. And you get a lot of euphemisms mm-hmm. for things, and you get to sort of realize how they wrote that stuff and i felt like there was a lot of that going on in those scenes too euphemisms about like you know come on honey you'll be you can live with me it'll be fun you know yeah, yeah. like that's the way it sort of and, fair enough yeah and i don't i don't have a problem with it it just seemed there was no like it was written it was written weird where she's clearly wants to stay with rom yeah she says that like all the time why is she letting why is she wooed away from that by Someone offering her a lack of agency is really weird to me. Well, she's got her own. He's offering her to be. He's offering her a management position. Yes. That management, man. (laughs) Everybody wants to be in the the managerial class. Right. I mean, she's working under Quark. So step from management from being a, you know, Mm -hmm. objectified and telling to get your tits out there on the Dabo table is, you know, I could see why that would be. And if Rom can't ever get the gumption to actually state how he feels, then, yeah, then, look, she's like, I'm giving you every chance here. Just come out and say it, and then I'm going to be with you immediately. If you can't even manage that, then what the fuck am I doing? I mean, it's basically the ultimatum she gets. But isn't him. that, like, but th- that is, like, a conformity to gender roles that Star Trek is supposed to be away from. Right. And that's what bothers me the most. Right. Like, there's some, like, he can't nut up and do it, but she's the one that likes the little frog. So, like, if she likes him, just go for it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why she's got to be courted. Yeah. Well, we're not really showing any progress culturally yeah. that we've made in the future. We're just showing the bias of the right of the writer and like coded misogyny of, yeah. of the writer's room is what we're showing. And that's why I feel about the storyline. Yeah. And so, see, I, I do. Yes. I, I would much rather. I kept wanting to go back to the long day's journey in the night. Somewhere. Yeah, they do do that well on the show when they get through. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, with... So that I mean, so that's my feelings on the plot of that. Uh, are we going back to Bashir? I want to get to the part where Bashir's talking to O'Brien about his difficulties as a child, oh. because uh, we... I feel like they overshot on that scene, and I want to get it. I want to unpack that. Well, they get the yelling about him being a third class steward, and it's just like his. His con artist grifter, like talking up his dad's way of talking up his positions and stuff, like oh yeah, I I loved all of that. I loved that he was like this. I, I don't know as a as a near do well. I like seeing near do well, like yeah. you know, like I like to see other near do wells, and that was a that was a fun thing to watch because I think that you probably have in your mind. That Bashir comes from this really fucking upper crust, horrible. Yeah. That Bashir lived a life in white polos, like you know, and because he was a tennis star, sure. which is really coded in America to be like a, a fancy thing. And so you have all of these things, and so to go and find out that that's like all this veneer for this sort of like Dickensian like squalor and 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 scammery. Well, yeah. Is, is really sort of fun. I don't know. I just, I, I really, really, I, I, I like that there was a part of it I really kind of related to is that they were just, he was a, what do they call him? A chav? Is that what they call? <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a chav. And it, like, like Bashir's father has gotten multiple fights over soccer games. <laughs> so like, like that, yeah, I like Yeah, I mean, it best. brings up interesting questions about the economy, like the Trekonomic stuff. Oh, yeah. Because they can still... <laughs> You know, afford to go off to Abidjan, Abidjan planet or whatever to resequence their son. Yeah. Even though. But it, didn't he say it cost him a No, it don't say anything about uh, cost. To, to, yes. It cost I him thought a, it said it cost him a fortune. Yeah, it did. It's it did illegal, because it was an illegal procedure that cost him a fortune. It's illegal, but it cost. I don't remember them saying it cost money. It's just they had to snake off planet to it, do it. It did. It, there was a cost. It, there was a cost involved. That they I had to, like, that. that they made massive, because he's trying to make this thing, is that we made massive sacrifices to make you smart i don't because remember I, any money being talked about but i mean it's a sacrifice into changing their life and the sneak away and they had to forge papers to do it so i mean there is a cost mm-hmm. but i'm just not sure if it's how financial it was and I, like i get the feeling that maybe they had to live on the lamb a little afterward like they didn't like go home and just white picket fence it yeah they had to scrub their yeah their background. Right, like, right. they had to go where nobody yeah. knew them afterwards because yeah. all of a sudden he was they were living like a what was it the the like Bill Ayers and like the Weathermen they were living like right? Is there a movie called Mosquito Coast about that where it's like they were wanted criminals like as a family that was trying to move from like I don't know right anyway well, yeah so yeah I mean there's a first scene where he's having the big uh, long day's journey fight with his parents and he goes out and leans against the bulkhead and puts his head in his hands. Mm-hmm. You think we're gonna slip up, say the wrong thing, get us all in trouble? Look, I've got a lot at stake here. My whole career could be destroyed if Dr. Zimmerman gets wind of our little secret. And you don't know what it is exactly. And then the next day... Yeah, how it was introduced was kind of, like, it was a sure hand at that point. Right, yeah. Like, oh... Some very good prospects on the horizon. Oh, you always had very good prospects. And they were always just over that horizon. <laughs> Then the next scene after the fight, they're going to go make it up to their son. So they go into the sick bay and then they kind of let the cat out of the bag that they haven't talked about over dinner. They haven't said the words, but then his mom comes out and, and like she's wearing a wire, gives out every detail they need to put him away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we went on this trip and made you a, the a, DNA my, resequencing uh, that we did on <laughs> like. Yes. <laughs> Yes. The illegal resequencing that we have. And it turns out that it's not Bashir. It was the hologram that Zimmerman and O'Brien were working on around the corner. And right. 
Yeah. They all and they heard the whole thing. I love that O'Brien is like got popcorn. <laughs> yeah, like. he comes and then they leave. <laughs> they hug the hologram and the hologram is like, uh, "What was that all about?" And then O'Brien comes out with his popcorn. And it's like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> what the fuck was that?" That I liked all of this stuff. I liked all of it. And then I like the next scene with it's like the the half apology where yeah, then you know, Miles like, "How dare you!" You know, I didn't set you up. You just sat back and laughed at me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, Julian, they're gonna file a report. This is serious. Sort of. When did they start talking about how dumb Julian was? That's where that's that's the scene where. <laughs> okay, that, right after that, he's like, he's like, I was having, I was falling, I was six years old, and I was falling behind in school. I was having a hard time telling from, the difference between a house and a cat. Can't tell the difference between a dog and a cat, or a ha- tree and a whoa, house. Whoa, whoa, back up! <laughs> how dumb was yeah, he? Whoa, 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 back up! I was still trying to tell a dog from a cat. A tree from a house. So he had like a chromosomal <laughs> disorder or something. Like I don't. I'm not trying to be mean, but they. They. You think that Worf killing a kid on a soccer field was over pitching it? Yes. Yeah. We got another when I was a kid story, Wade. I know. Is that okay with you? I guess the selling point for me is that it's really he didn't hold his father issues, so I'm okay with it. Okay. <laughs> it's so ridiculous though that I, I mean, like, I guess maybe it's that he had autism or something. I don't. Well, that's a thing. We, they really I, no. Because here's what I think. I think that it's just bad writing. Yeah. I think that they yeah. they do not understand learning disabilities. Right. Yeah. And because that's if, what they were going. That's clearly what they were going for. But they <laughs> right. they they overshot it because they didn't do any yes, research. They like, did. They so did. when you have a learning disability, you can't tell the difference between a tree and a house, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. It's and crazy. when you're about and and they discover this, they discover this when you're about six, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably when you're six, they discover. <laughs> if you don't know the difference between a tree and a house, then it's a problem. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I think they wouldn't notice before like, six. Yeah. You'd probably start falling behind uh, in school when you're about six if you don't know the difference between a dog if and a cat. you can't tell the difference between a house and a tr- cat, you can't talk. There's a certain, yeah, there's certain key things that happen before that very fundamental like object permanence. Jules. <laughs> Jules. You, you kept saying you wanted to pat the house on the head. We didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. Okay, now, now, now let's rewind a few seasons real quick because the first time they went to the Mirror Universe, Julian Bashir should have been <laughs> pushing a broom or something. Oh! you're so right and like trying to keep well give him credit he wasn't a doctor and he could have been pretty dumb we don't know because he's just an asshole if if at age six you can't tell the difference between a living being and a dwelling place yeah good point like, you're, you're, right. you're pretty i mean your 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 developmental issues are going to be severe yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe they right. are maybe mir bashir is still that dumb everybody on Tarek nor should have been trying to protect bashir from like doing something that was going to get him like hurt yeah like those people don't they, you know, they're in daycare. Like they're in like adult daycare. Right. That's the thing. They when they talk about what is outlawed, they're like, okay, all genetic enhancement is outlawed. They only allow genetic resequencing stuff in cases where there's a real developmental problem. And it's like, well, clearly problem. there is, which he definitely <laughs> right. had. Yeah. Which, I think yeah. he could. Right. I mean, like 
as a father of the son, if my <laughs> or kids, if my kids were that developmentally uh, behind, I have a girl who's five. <laughs> like I know what the developmental. Yeah. Like I know what the developmental. My son is three years old. He's got he's got trees and and houses down pat. He's got cats and dogs down pat. Doesn't get confused by anything. I so, will say that is a uh, misstep on the writer's part. Well, it's like the writers, they've never met kids. <laughs> or don't don't remember what it was like to be six themselves or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a little off there. Yeah. So then, like, I mean, you, you get the first statement where you're like, well, I would totally break the law to get my kid. I wouldn't want my kid cursed with that. I would totally do that. But then you're like, then like it's medical malpractice if you have the ability to do that not to help them out somehow right well that and then so it, it leads into this whole but you can okay but you just okay the con stuff was a bad prototype but you don't scrap the company you don't scrap the procedure from the bad well you you do that's the thing in this unit. I mean, the question is... Well, I know they did. They just made it out loud, but it just seems like it's weird to abandon the science. Well, no, no. What It gets into the whole kind of how does the Federation work with people that aren't, that aren't exceptional. Like, they're okay. They can still live. I guess I'm the only... The, the Trekonomics thing. I guess my point is that they made it so extreme. They did. They made his mental deficiency so extreme that it is an issue of, like, a lifestyle thing. Yeah. I get it. No, yeah, you're right. And it is there are there's some weird incongruities like because, okay there's people that aren't exceptional that do fine, Mm -hmm. but that's not what this was. He's also can't tell trees from houses, man. Yeah. If they wanted to do it, if they wanted to do it right, they or if they wanted to do it the way they want the moral calculus to work is that he was just a C student. Right. Right. That he would have been, you know, a working class chav like his dad. But then you don't get the thing later on with the mom's speech having the weight of it where she was like, you don't know what it was like to see your kid struggle. Yeah. You know. Right. I see. See, I think they should have made him just he was just a legitimately dumb. He was never going to be good enough to get in the Starfleet or test that that well, but he'd be taken care of because the Federation takes care of those people Mm -hmm. and they can live leading like worthwhile lives and feel Mm -hmm. full lives. lives, But that's wasn't good enough for, you know, for their son because of his dad, whose dad's clearly got some uh, issues about I'm going to make it. I'm going to be the guy, but also kind of always failing because Maybe he doesn't have what it takes either. Yeah. And what do what does the society do with the people that don't do that? And like, well, <laughs> and these people, and they even bring it up later. He, they took him off the Adagene Prime for the surgery, and at first he was all excited to see all these other aliens and stuff. And then they did the accelerated critical neural pathway formation treatments. <laughs> but then, then they say later, like nobody has done this in like a hundred years. This hasn't come up. Like, I thought they went, like they took them to a planet where this was being done all the time. Is that but not the case? Not, not, not with humans. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody in the Federation was was doing it in the. Mm-hmm. But they, right. they they took them to a non-Federation planet where it was happening all the time. Yeah. And yeah. you're seeing all these aliens that aren't humans that get enhanced all the time because they're not Federation. They can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm getting enhanced. Yeah. I feel like. And then they say, oh, this is, hasn't been an issue for 100 years with, I guess, the understanding's human. I feel like this shit would be happening all the time. It's just pe- those people don't go into Starfleet yes. <laughs> because they can't or whatever. Yeah, or they don't They don't get in positions that's going to, you know, like with a lot, a lot of security background <laughs> checks and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
I mean, if you're going to get in the full world building, like, well, I bet then there's a whole merchant class that's just full of enhanced peoples. But then, sure. but then maybe on Earth they have to have policemen that keep that from happening so they don't get all these cons, like Rear Admiral Bennett, whose job is to keep cons from happening. He says, yeah. I'm a firewall against such men. Yeah, there is like a guy, I guess that why would there, if, they, if this has never happened before, why is there a guy whose job it is to like be a task force against that? Yeah. Well, he's busting up these rings or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But also you have this thing later that you discover uh, involving Julian Bashir that maybe this, that why wouldn't this stuff have been going on all the time? Oh, man, if maybe. certain people are so gung-ho about it, you know? like Yeah. So it is. It is. It's weird. I mean, it does bring a it's, little few questions. It's almost like it's almost like they made it up right <laughs> right? before they filmed it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, his dad's gonna bring it up to the. I'm gonna take this fight all the way to the Federation Supreme Court. So I guess they still have the Supreme Court based on ours. Yeah. And Julian's like, no, f- shut the foot. No, I'm just gonna resign. I can't have this happen. His hatred of his dad is real. Like his like yeah. expressed how he expresses the hatred of his dad. Is the first interesting right acting decision that he's done in a long time? Yeah, uh, they call him Jules, and he, at fifteen he decided and Julian and Jules died when I was six. When you yeah, but he's got so much fucking distaste. Yeah, for his father, like there's no deferentialness. A lot of times, like uh, like someone who's like fearful of their father wouldn't be able to speak his mind around his father, but still hate him. But, like, none of that. Like, he just was, like, dunking on his dad, like, all the fucking time. And I was like, why does his dad put up with this? Why does he be a part of it? And I guess it's like you, you I don't know. I think I, maybe I dunk on my dad all the time. And well, I mean, his dad it. does fight back. He's like, I, you can't talk to me like that. And he's like, yeah, I can. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's, like, weak ass. Right. But, yeah. But, I mean, that's, they well, don't. What do you expect? He doesn't have a superior intellect. <laughs> that's James. true. That is true. He's Come just on. a champ. Right. <laughs> and that's why Julian hasn't seen his parents in five years, I guess. He Came, he came to this do frontier medicine to get away from him, even though he could do his preganglionic nerve research on Earth. I can do both here. Uh, yeah. Don't you think that uh, part of it also read as a little bit of like arrogance on Julian's part? Sure. Oh, yeah. And not just that they committed a crime against me and made me like scared my whole life about this secret that I got to keep, but also just like they are like I'm bored with these dumb people. I didn't get that as much, but I also got that. I got that there was a little bit of like, uh, and it's because the father's going, oh, you think you're better than me because you're so smart. I I do think that that played a little bit into it, or at least maybe I wanted it to because I think that's interesting. But Yeah, but he's still such a mama's boy. His mom, well, that's a whole other kind of issue, like if we're talking about the sexism. Yeah, I didn't really get her feel. I didn't get a feel for her in this episode like I did the dad. I thought she was... Well, because she was just playing the saintly, the saintly mom role. Yeah, like he's playing blames his dad for everything, but they act like his mom didn't have any decision in it, and she does clearly. She says mm-hmm. she brings up the "We love you." That's why we did it. You don't know what it's like to see your son fail at everything, and and then his dad goes in. And if you called our house a cat one more fucking time, I was going to leave you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. And then uh, before, and then there's the last scene, uh, speaking of father issues, where Nog came from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, His mother, we learned that whole reason was just because... It's like typical Ferengi shit. Like, oh, you just wanted a kid, so you went in for a standard five-year marriage contract because you wanted a child. And then you fucking dumb incel quirk is like, you dummy, (laughs) you fell in love. 
and you let women take advantage of you because of your feelings for them. And so then he over, what did he, he re-upped the contract for like a... Right. It's a five-year contract and then you fell in love and you then you didn't read the extent, never read the extension. So Prina Dora's father took you for all your money and then she married a richer guy. Mm-hmm. Not that she took him for all his money because Frankie women don't have any agency. So her father did it and yeah, but yeah, married a rich guy. Now, and you know, and he's like, she's a female Rom, and the one constant in the universe is females are trouble. It's a constant, but it's not a rule of acquisition. Interestingly, mm-hmm. I felt like they could have taken that example of that. You know, rule blah blah blah. Women are nothing but trouble, but. The Ferengi rules are better than their culture, I guess. I think more general than that and work with other... Yeah. Like that, it seems like it's insular to their own personal sexism issues. Yeah. And they said, you should just masturbate to this uh, this companion pillow I have. Yeah. Or Vulcan, Vulcan Slave, slave to The Revenge. I mean, I think that, that like I, that's such an interesting storyline that I almost <laughs> wished it wasn't glued to this like fucking dink story. Yeah. Right. Why couldn't that be a Nog? That could have been the whole, that shoot, that could have been the whole episode. That could have been a story about Nog and his father, you know, because that's maybe, yeah. I don't know, you can go a thousand places with that. Maybe Nog idolizes his mom. Cause, and then he'd be like, no, your mom left. But you know, yeah, like I, I feel like that's a, yeah, you're too good of a story. You're right. About the, the like waste on that. I was going to say, I liked how they just explained it here. And, but you know what? Yeah. A whole plot dealing with Nog and his mom would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but nope. Yeah, and I get that he's not on set all the time. Yeah, know, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. But then no, Julian's Jules's father is gonna go to jail for two for two years in a penal colony in New Zealand, right by the Pennington School, I guess. I love that he doesn't he say that's a little extreme, isn't it? Yeah, two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two years? That's a little extreme. Like, oh. like, that's not extreme at all. <laughs> And your wife gets off scot free. Scot fucking free, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's it's a very weird situation where they, I guess they they really were proud of themselves for painting the severity of the situation with mm-hmm. the whole con illusion. Yeah, uh-huh. they really were happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, it still felt like a bit much for just. This guy, this guy's kid couldn't That's... tell the difference between a dog and a cat, and he's gonna get fucking two years for it. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. So I, mm. I'm kind of like his mom should have had to do time as well because like she's not guiltless in this. Is this the most misogynistic episode <laughs> that we've had in a while? I didn't, I didn't think the Lita stuff was quite as misogynist, but yeah, I mean, now your your points all stand. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I like her. I like I like her and Rom. I just thought this was like a yeah. I don't know, and I don't I don't know enough to love. They have the running in with the wait running. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We have. Sorry, sorry, Zimmerman. And he's like, ah, that's okay. And then he sees the hot alien, and he's hubba hubba. Hey, you know about the Kama Sutra? Excuse me, are you familiar with the ancient text known as the Kama Sutra? So. Okay, you're right. The sexism and <laughs> is bad this episode. Yeah, so it does show him as sort of like a yeah. I don't know. Oh, I, I, this isn't the worst episode. It's a bit of a come down, and I feel like it, there's just it's almost too big to get your arms around. But then when you're watching it, you know, like if it didn't have this momentous issue, this would be a totally forgettable episode. Yeah, except for the I guess the the parent stuff, which is a little the fun. Parent stuff was fun. Yeah, yeah. It closes. They're playing darts and. O'Brien makes him like, oh, you got to go. You, you said you were, they ex- 
enhanced your hand-eye coordination. You got to play like you, you can't hold back on me anymore. And Julian gets three bullseyes and he's like, fucking asshole. Okay, stand over there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the this episode, I, I'm, I'm proud to announce on this podcast that I have watched it for the last time in my entire life. <laughs> uh, on the rewatch meter, if there's something less than zero, this is it. I'm never going to watch uh, it again. I'm going to put it in an eight. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I like this episode. And it's not not forgettable. Really, <laughs> the next episode. Right. That's true. It's not forgettable. It, it's that, abs- that, that it's is very not forgettable. It's not a throwaway episode. This shit matters. Yeah, like a fuck ton. Like right. so that. So that, when you're reaching for a Bashir episode, this is what you would go for. Like, what's the what what's the situation where this pops up? Yeah, if I'm going for for Bashir episodes, for sure because. There hasn't been any good ones up until now, because <laughs> I mean they've all been forgettable. He's, he's got he's got a right. he's got a point there. <laughs> no, no, quick, quick. I like quickening more than you guys did. Yeah, that one's not bad. I'd give that one a seven, maybe. I'd give that a six. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a that's a. If if somebody said I put a gun to my head and said you need to pick one motherfucking Bashir episode right now, I'd be the quickening, the quickening. God, please put the quickening on. Um. Uh, what what is this for you, James? Oh, on the rewatch meter, a four because I really do like the dad the dad son stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Bashir, the reveal that Bashir's dad is it's like like kind of like a dim a dim bulb. Yeah, it makes me happy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like that. Right. So I I might, but it's it still just gets at a four. So mm-hmm. I I do think this is a sloppy ass episode and the sloppiness. I'm worried because I don't remember because I didn't remember. I've only seen these not watching them as hard as I'm watching them for the podcast. Yeah. And it seems to me that maybe like this, this is a crack in the foundation that I didn't notice the first time I watched mm. it. So I wonder if like this will have reverberations that irritate me throughout the the course of the show. Um, and I know it already does Hugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the second Bashir retooling oh, that we yeah, get yeah. later on, you're yeah, the yeah, shit yeah. out of me too. I hate it. Yes. Um, and this does lead directly into that. So, I mean, this is, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. So I guess it, the, the reverberations, uh, you're, you, you are correct about the reverberations then, James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I remember, uh, when I watched it the first time, I, uh, like in the mid aughts, I thought it was fine. I thought it was interesting. And, you know, I watched it over the course of maybe a month. And so it's not like I, you know, I've, I've been watching this show over two years now. So like, yeah, I, oh, I you sit, mean the whole show over? Yeah. 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 So like I watched it all in like a month and then maybe watched it again later, like the next year. Right. Right. Some of it, but then like pieced it out. Right. Right. So this idea of like sitting with an idea, you know, like it, between this turn with Bashir to the next turn of Bashir it might have been four days or three days between me seeing them so I don't know if I spent a lot of time thinking about it but as much time as I spent thinking about it in this episode it's not it outlook not good no like I I I feel like that like there's a high percentage chance that I might retool my opinion on this but uh right now I'm cautiously you know I, I remember having a good time with it the first time so I don't know. 
What do you guys think know. the good people of IMDb think about this episode? People or, really like this, you know, don't they? I think people do, but I think it's one of those polarizing things. So. Oh, boy. What? Well, who wants to go first? Oh, fuck. I don't... I was going to say 7.3. I don't mean this in a bad way, but that's a that's a safe choice. I, I mean that in a good way. Like I was going to take that. Uh, I want to, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it 7.7. 7. It's got 796 votes and it's a 7.8. Oh, all right. Good. People like it more than Wade thinks. Yeah. I, yeah. And I did really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Uh, like, I forced you up a little bit. <laughs> you forced me up or I would have taken that, that, that sweet spot. So yeah, I, that's what I think. I think people like it, but it seems to me that like, these reviews don't hate the non-Roddenberry stuff as much as maybe I, we anticipate that they do. Maybe. Like the anti-Roddenberry stuff. I think that's, that's like a gatekeeper thing. Like that might yeah. be bad on the message boards or whatever message well, boards Well, I figured the for... message board people are the ones that are rating on IMDb. It's, po- it's possible, God, I mean, the Roddenberry stuff has been dead for so long. Yeah. Now that we've had Trek for 50 years and he was only around for 25 of it. I mean, yeah. Oh, you mean from this point? Yeah, from yeah. That's a good yeah. I'm point. talking Maybe. about like the fans. I'm talking about fans in 2018. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck about Roddenberry at this point. Yeah, yeah. Some of the people on some of the message boards might, and the people they rated this like in 2005. Half of them on IMDb. That's a good right? point. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I would say that that this doesn't necessarily contradict a. I mean, Roddenberry obviously. Yeah. Roddenberry wrote the Spacey or was executive producer of right Spacey. so i yeah this doesn't feel like the yeah it doesn't feel to me that you would like this could have been a tos right this episode could have been about jordy in a tnr episode <laughs> if they enhanced him why didn't they give him some eyes like, <laughs> that would be a question we would ask on the podcast after that episode maybe they had to sacrifice his vision uh, yeah, 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 yeah. to get that that would have been okay <laughs> there you go okay. next week guys next week who, next week odo gets his dick wet I know. No, no fuck. Oh, beep it out. Talk about beep it out if I just spoil it. Talk about forgettable. I was well, I mean, we kind of spoiled the lead here, but right. I watched that episode and like I have no recollection of this episode whatsoever. But yep. Kiss <laughs> These pipes are clean. Yeah, yeah. The season five hasn't been the most gen- I mean, it hasn't been generous to Kira, but she has an excuse. It hasn't been very kind to Odo, or Quark, for that matter. It gave him his shit back. The season five gave Odo his, it gave him a son that died, and then- and he's got that one episode, and he's got the way of the warrior, but like he's still kind of been a lost soul through a lot no, of No, he got to go on that hike with Quark, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fascist. I just hated that episode, but you're right. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm being too hard. I don't know. I think this season's still- pretty strong oh yeah yeah yes oh oh yes <laughs> and if it didn't for the last three episodes yeah, yeah. like it would still be the best season from the last three episodes we just had yeah they, they gotta have a lot of this my dr bashir i presume <laughs> for, for that to like take away from how good that shit was yeah yeah but um, all right, so, yeah, all right this, this felt to me like a continuation of i mean it's not as good as this but it's like well we have to have a we had this big epic thing now we have to get a catch your breath episodes we're gonna get a few of those definitely it feels like this is important like yeah these four episodes are a lot of work for the show yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah this is just as pivotal to where, i mean accidentally though <laughs> this idea that this 12th hour 11th hour idea that donald d moore had 
leads to one of the most contentious institutions in Star Trek going forward. Yep. All right. All the way into Discovery. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this episode is important. Yep. But like it doesn't. But I, I wish it. I wish it was better. Too is 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 where I'm standing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very shit. You can't take. Yeah. All right. We talked about it. Enough. Yeah. I was like, I like a lot of it, but there's some of these points. But yeah, the not telling a dog from a cat or a tree from a house. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. And that was just one line. I wish like someone had like. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Did no one. Was there not. Did they not have the kind of writer's room where you, someone could walk up and say, you might rewrite that line? <laughs> it was in on the 11th hour, apparently. They had to get the shit yeah, done. Yeah, I guess they didn't have a chance. They to. were in golden yeah. hour, man. <laughs> get these lines down to the set. Yes, that's true. All right. <sighs> yes. All right, let's outro this bitch. Uh, yeah, I think shit. <laughs> we got too long for voicemails again. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna bang up a like a voicemail episode, right? Yeah. So keeps it. Yes, we will. So we want your voicemails. Yeah. So this isn't to say we don't care about your voicemails. We do. So let us have them. Mm-hmm. How would they do that? Well, oh yeah, just do it. <laughs> um, listen to the other part. No, uh, give us a call, please. Then leave us a voicemail by calling us at 917-408-3898 and give us all your DS9 dreams and DS9 wishes and whatnot. Or record something and send it to us at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it under three minutes to match with the hotline number if you can. Yeah, that's how to get a hold of us. All right. Yep, yep. Is that it? Or give us money. Give us money. <laughs> or give yeah. Us or, money. or if you want to support us, give us what speaks louder than words is cold hard cash. And <laughs> 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 uh, we want to give you something for it too. So that's why we have the Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves, where we will talk about non DS9 things and have a bunch of stuff, weekly content over there for you to get your money's worth if you want to support the show that way. All right. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us again next week as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again, 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.